Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Sunday morning to you. It may be cold outside, but it is warm on our airwaves. Rashini Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden. We have lots to get into today. It is an open line Sunday, so let me remind you of the phone text line 651 989 9226. And as always, I promise we will get to you if you call us. We will do our best to get you if you text us. Dr. Hilden, good morning. And I know you had uh, some thoughts for uh, for your colleagues over at uh, another hospital system. Absolutely. Good morning, everybody. Burr, it's cold out. I'm, uh, uh, But as Rashini said, we're here. We're warm. We're ready to talk about your health care. I am bundled up in an afghan that my Auntie Eileen made for me when I got married 30 years ago, so I'm ready to go here. That's quite the picture. I did want to start out and talk, uh, just give a, uh, just a word about our colleagues in the Alina healthcare system who suffered just that horrific event at the clinic um, in Buffalo, Minnesota this past week. We deal with that all the time in healthcare. There are, I think it's like five times as many workplace injuries in healthcare as there are in, on, in your average profession. So it's, um, it's, it's a real thing. You might think of when you go to the doctor that you're nothing but respect, and, and most of us are. Most of us go in there and, and listen carefully, and it's a cordial relationship. And that isn't always the case, though. People aren't always at their best behavior when they're not feeling well or when they're struggling with chronic conditions. So that's so. I just wanted to give a, a word of support to everybody who works for the Alina Health System. I know many, many, many friends who work for Alina. And uh, so we, our thoughts are with you and uh, in solidarity with other healthcare workers. And uh, hopefully we can work towards a, a place where we don't have to deal with violence like that. So a, a shout out to Alina. Uh, another comment, if I could, on a totally different subject. We, I have a lot of long-term listeners. We have a lot of long-term listeners to Healthy Matters. One of them was a lovely, lovely woman named Jeanette and her daughter, Janie. And Jeanette came out to the state fair shows every year we've done them, like 20, 20 shows. Or I'm sorry, 10 years we've done 20 shows. And Jeanette died this past uh, year during the pandemic, and I was able to visit her at her gravesite at, at, uh, at the National Cemetery at Fort Stelling. But her daughter, Janie, is a lovely woman. Janie lives and is doing uh, 
uh, it's her birthday today. So I wanted to give a shout out to Janie, who, who is 62 years old today and has uh, had some illnesses going on lately. So I'm hoping you're feeling better. I hope you're getting up on this Valentine's Day and you're, and you're thankful for what uh, a joy it is to, um, to be alive. Janie, you are a joy to many of us. So happy birthday on your, on your special day today. And I hope you can find some time uh, for yourself today. Happy birthday, Janie. Happy right. birthday, Janie. And you know what's really wonderful? It is Valentine's Day. I hope we get some heart questions today on this open phone Sunday, Doctor. It is also a day to remember some positives, right? Uh, you get a lot of questions usually when people are dealing with either crises or prevention kinds of things. But I think it's also a wonderful time to celebrate the positive health and the good health and the positive people in your life. It certainly is. And that's why I brought up Janie because she is just a, she's dealt with physical health, but it's just a positive, lovely person. So we're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about today. The cold, your heart. February is heart month, particularly for women. That's going to be a topic that I would be happy to talk about. And of course, we can talk about COVID. Yeah. And let's just say I'm looking at my weather app right now. It says it's minus 18 feels like minus 41. For the feels like. I mean, that it almost seems like fiction when you see those numbers, Dr. Hilton. I know. Is that like, was that even real? You know, and people who live in other parts of the country, you know, you tweet out or you put on your social media the weather app and it's got like a number like minus 16 or some ridiculous number. And they think that just can't be real. I'm just waiting for Elmer Fudd to just say, just kidding, just kidding, Doc. Uh, (laughs) But it's real. It's real. Okay, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, Open Phone Sunday is all about you today. Give us a call. Text us the number for both, 651-989-9226. It is a Valentine's Day open phones on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar along with Dr. David Hilden and your calls and texts, 651-989-9226. We're going to start with Chip in St. Paul. Good morning, Chip. Good morning. Um, thanks for doing this. I, my wife has a Valentine's birthday, so you can add that to the mix of unusual things, perhaps. What is her name, Chip, so we can fully say Laura. Laura, happy is- Valentine's Day. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I love it. She's in the background. You've got a great husband in Chip. All right, Chip, what's your question? So um, I was in or am in the Ensemble Johnson & Johnson vaccine study. So in order to get unblinded to tell whether or not um, I got the real vaccine, I had to make an appointment for a, a real or another vaccine. So the question is, I got unblinded, and it turns out I got the real vaccine. Should I get the other one also, or am I already pretty well in good shape? Hey, Chip, um, you bringing up how we study vaccines, and I'll just pile on. Happy birthday, Laura. Uh, <laughs> hope you have a great day. Well, um, so the vaccine trials, when Chip says he's blinded, that means the he doesn't know, the researcher doesn't know, the person jabbing his arm doesn't know. Did he get the real vaccine or did he get a placebo? So once we find out that vaccines work, it becomes a little problematic to keep giving people something that might just be salt water, you know, the placebo. So we unblind it sometimes. And Chip found out he got the actual vaccine. My advice is that no, you don't need another one. 
the J&J, Johnson & Johnson vaccine, is proving to be one that I'm very hopeful about. It is pretty darn good. And um, so I don't think you need another. Now, we will learn more as the months go on. We really will. Um, I would not consider the, um, that any one vaccine the one that you just want to get as opposed to a different one. So if you already got a live vaccine, a real vaccine, um, I think you're good to go. That would be my advice. I will say we're, we're in uncharted waters here. But my advice is that you don't need to get an, one of the other ones just yet. All right, let's go to Lynn in Minneapolis. Lynn, happy Valentine's Day. What's your question? Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to you all. I have a question about the heart, uh, atrial fibrillation. Um, in 2019, I had an episode and ended up in the hospital, but my heart rate went back to normal, so they sent me home. And um, maybe six months ago, I had a little episode, but... My nurse friend said to lie down, put up your feet. So I did, and within 60 seconds, it went away and back to normal. And then it happened again not too long ago, but I do that, and then it goes away. So I'm wondering how serious this is when it goes away. And I went back for a checkup. And they did an EKG and said my rhythm was normal and everything is okay. So Before you go on, could you, um, I need to go back. What was the initial rhythm they told you you had when it first happened? Atrial fibrillation. It was atrial fibrillation. I think that's what you said. Yeah. Um, so what, what atrial fibrillation is, is an irregular heartbeat because the upper chambers of your heart are sort of quivering. They're the first, when you think of your heart, it, it makes that sound, lub dump lump dump lump dump well when you're in atrial fibrillation it's more lump dump lump dump lump dump lump dump it's irregular and that was the worst sound effects in the history of the world but it's actually irre- i thought they were pretty good was though. that okay rashini you know i do that when you i'm are with a so patient so multi-talented it blows <laughs> us away every week yeah so it's not that nice even um marching along now in most people it doesn't matter it does put you at a slightly higher risk for a stroke, but it doesn't matter that your heart's in that. Some people, it does. So as long as you're seeing a cardiologist, and if it's going away on its own, you're probably you're not in any immediate danger. You should talk to your doctor about whether you want to be on a medicine, number one, to keep your heart rate slow. Number two, do they want to try some medication to keep you out of atrial fibrillation? And number three, do you need blood thinners? So you don't have to remember all those now, but make sure you're following up with a doctor for those things to how to manage it long term. But you're immediately, you're not in a, in a great deal of danger at all. And it's something that something like 5 to 10% of the population has of a certain age. So you're not, I just want to reassure you, but you have a common condition, but you should get follow up with a cardiologist. All right, we have a lot of calls and texts, Dr. Hilden, on this open phone Sunday, 651-989-9226. One of our faves, Bill is on the line from St. Croix. Hi, Bill. Yeah, 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 it's a warning, and it's also uh, 39 below here, and I'm, yeah, I got three layers of clothes on, ready to go out and feed my cattle, 120 head, and I've already started the stove here. i got to start the one in the shop, you know, 150 emails. But anyway, i got to... Call you get these red and white, blue and Medicare cards in the pay, in the mail, and I got a call the other day, and they said there's a an ID number on the back, and uh, 
it's three, mine said three numbers and then a letter. He said, no, it's one number and a letter. And I argued with him, and he said, well, let's let, talk to my secretary. And I said, I mentioned fraud, and she hung up immediately. Well, then you look on your Medicare card, there's one number and a, and then a, a letter. They're fishing, trying to get your Medicare card, so really be careful out there. Bill, that's a great bit of advice, and, and put on a fourth layer as you're going out with a 120 head of cattle, and I don't even know how the cattle stay warm, but that's for another show, not my show. <laughs> so uh, appreciate, I appreciate farmers. I just appreciate that you're getting up at the crack of dawn and going outside and helping to feed the world, so just thank you to farmers. As your comment about the Medicare cards, you know what? Here's a funny thing. I've never once in my eyes laid eyes on a Medicare card. I don't even know what they look like, but... What that sounds like is a scary thing. All of you, don't ever give your number or anything to anybody. If somebody calls you and wants your Medicare number, that is a no. Um, You don't just, let's remind ourselves, you never give a number, especially your Medicare number, your Social Security number, or anything over the phone. Medicare is going to call you and ask you for your number. And Doc, so I, on that note, I remember having on my show an FBI agent on a few years ago, and he said even in doctors and dentists' offices, you don't need to give in your records, the medical records, your Social Security number. Would you agree I think with that's, that? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I th- for health fraud reasons that you guys don't really need that as long as you have our name, address, birth date, and all that. Yeah, I've never once looked at it. You know, and I, there's a, you be careful who you give your number to. That's it's it's worthy to uh, to be very very. And apparently on Valentine's Day, that is an especially good piece of yeah, advice. Yeah, be careful who you give your number to on Valentine's Day. Exactly. Who knows what could come of that? All right, we are obviously uh, having some fun here on Valentine's Day. There are lots of calls and texts. I want to get to as many as we can. So before the break, let's try to get to Jerry in Delano. Jerry, thanks for holding. Thank you, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, doctor, I had a question about, I've been about three weeks now tested positive for COVID. My symptoms were that I had a real bad cough. It's still hanging in there, but I'm kind of on the downhill side of that. Um, larynx, I'm losing my voice constantly. And the doctor put me on prednisone. And uh, my question for you is, um, I am now, I hope, coming down the home stretch here, three days left of prednisone. When can I be vaccinated? I'm 69. Yeah, the prednisone is an anti-inflammatory that um, we use in the hospitals, although not so much in people living in the community uh, who have COVID. But you're experiencing very normal COVID symptoms, two to three to four weeks of cough and fatigue and lethargy and sore throat. So you might be a few... Uh, some people are experiencing those for many weeks. So I'm hopeful that you're getting better, that the symptoms that you're experiencing are, are normal. Uh, as for your vaccine, you need to wait at least uh, a couple of weeks. And uh, you, the people who get the vaccine after already having had COVID get impressive, um, uh, I don't want to say side effects, but they get immune symptoms. They get that aches and pains and sore arms and fevers after the vaccine. They get that impressively. You're going to be well protected, though, Jerry. That's the good news. Wait a few weeks. Wait till you're feeling better. You are not at high risk for getting COVID again. You're at exceptionally low risk. So just get better. 
fluids, maybe take a little acetaminophen here and there, wait a few weeks, then you can get your vaccine. All right, we're going to do a quick text before we go to break, and then we will get back to our callers. Uh, this person, it's, it's a birthday and Valentine's kind of day, says, Happy birthday to Jody, uh, their daughter. And the question, doctor, is what is dialysis? Dialysis is a form of renal replacement therapy or kidneys. Um, your kidneys are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to, to do fluid management of your body. They keep the fluid levels uh, right. They do electrolyte management like kidney pot- or potassium, uh, sodium, calcium. They keep those at the right level. They make, they make the substance that helps you make red blood cells. So they do all of these. If your kidney fails, you don't survive. And so dialysis keeps you going. It is a kidney machine. Most people get it three or four times a week for a few hours, and it does what your kidneys do. Another form of dialysis is peritoneal dialysis, where they use their belly. And then the longest-term solution for kidney failure is a transplant. So that's what dialysis is. It's a way to, to replace your kidneys with a machine. All right, folks, and a quick update here on Open Phone Sunday. We've got about 20 texts. Uh, I will prom- We will try to get to them, but I promise you if you call us at 651-989-9226, we will get to you. Open Phone Sunday continues after the break. Oh my God, what an adorable song, Devin. Thank you. Rashini Rajkumar and Dr. David Hilden back with you on the second half hour of Healthy Matters. Open phone Sunday. Give us a call. Give us a text. 651-989-9226. And doctor, the phones are ringing off the hook. Let's go to Kathy in Minneapolis. Good morning, Kathy. Uh, yes, my question, first of all, my heart goes out to all those poor people at the Alina Clinic in Buffalo and that especially got my attention because I've had an appointment out there once and it was just the most calm, beautiful place and I would have never felt unsafe for a minute. Um, My question is, the thing that I didn't hear on the news is when something, I heard that the nurses all ran out the back, but nobody mentioned what happened to the patients in the waiting room. And I'm wondering, and I'm in a wheelchair, so that really got my attention in that kind of a situation. Is there a plan for people in the waiting room? It's a great question, and yes, there generally is. Um, we certainly do at our clinics at Hennepin Healthcare. We actually do this as part of our required training every year. We remind staff what to do, and if there is a situation like this that you hope you never have to encounter. And the first step of all of them is a uh, protect patients. And so I am uh, when things are are really getting heated in the in the heat of the moment. I don't know what happened there, but I know that the Alina staff are also well versed in how to care for other people. So I bet that it all happened within just a matter of seconds. So I am thankful, thankful, thankful that no patients were harmed, even as we we mourn those uh, the staff members of Alina who were. But I, as far as I know, every single hospital and healthcare system does have protocols in place for protecting the patients. And I think we've learned a lot of lessons also from this, and we'll get into this as the show goes on today, that mental health is a very real thing. And uh, some of those headlines have been ignored in the news because COVID headlines are so overwhelming. So I hope that news outlets will continue to look at mental health stories and all of you out there as consumers of healthcare, please ask questions of your clinics. Get uh, more informed. Uh, it's so important. Rod is on the line from Richfield. Good morning, Rod. 
Yeah, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Say, I have a question about frostbite. Uh, about 40 years ago, when I was in my 20s, I uh, froze uh, the tips of my fingers, the uh, tips of my nose, and the tops of my ears. And they turned white and hard. Uh, I never got any treatment for them, but now uh, I'm sensitive to the cold. Anytime it gets extremely cold, these uh, start to ache and start to hurt. Uh, should I have gotten treatment at the time, or is this just something that does happen with frostbite and, and people aren't aware of it? Because if they are aware of it, I think they would take all the measures they could to prevent this from happening. Right. Rod, um, you, your, your nerve endings and your tissues can get permanently damaged with frostbite. Um, there, that's, there are varying, varying degrees of it. If your skin, and this is what I would tell listeners, number one, what Rod just said, prevention is the key. Don't let your skin get frostbite if you can help it. There can be long-standing problems, as Rod has pointed out. So wear layers, loose-fitting layers, lots of layers, more layers. And then if your, if your skin gets a little bit red and, and numb, that's the earliest stages. Get inside. If your skin gets pale, gray, blue, pale, uh, you need to get help for that, and you need to go into and seek uh, uh, professional help. Um, what can you do afterwards? Um, not much. I mean, if you're if you had a mild case of frostbite, you might have some long-standing problems with that as you get older. But if you had severe frostbite, your your very limbs and fingers and toes are in danger of getting lost. So, do if you if your skin is getting uh, uh, getting that gray, pale, dusky color, and it's starting to get painful, you should go in and get help for that. All right, we're going to try to get through these next couple calls, so I'll ask our callers to be as brief as they can, and then we need to get through uh, a lot of these texts, Dr. Hilton. Mary is on the line from Fridley. Happy Valentine's Day, Mary. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Thank you for taking my call. I had to see two different doctors. One was a gynecologist who did a procedure in his office, and it didn't work, so he told me I had to have it done again. Now he's put that off for six months. Then I had to see a urologist who said I had a cyst on my left ki- kidney about the size of a dime. He has put his next appointment off for 18 months. My question is, is this safe to wait this long for these procedures to be done? Yeah, um, uh, many times it is safe. Uh, a cyst on the kidney the size of a dime is most likely benign and means nothing and never needs anything done to it. Now, I can't say that for sure because I'm not your doctor. It's possible it's something more serious. But many, many people have cysts on their kidneys that we don't do anything about anyway. So as long as you're in contact with them and, and they have a plan to follow that up next year, that might be just fine. As for your gynecologic problem, again, I don't know specifically what the procedures were, but many things that are elective can be postponed. There's elective things that need to be postponed a week, but some things can be postponed for many months. So just make sure you're in communication with those doctors so that your your questions are answered. All right. Irene is on the line from Lino Lakes. Hi, Irene. Hi. Happy Valentine's Day. You um, too. I. I read, thank you. I read that Australia and New Zealand have very few cases of COVID. I'm wondering if this is true, what they did to get down to so few cases of COVID, and is the United States following that same procedure, and are we going to get down to few cases of COVID? 
yes, they did. It is true. And no, we're not. Um, those are the short answers. They have a prime minister in New Zealand named Jacinda Ardern. Um, she um, uh, very quickly basically shut down the country. Now, they have some things in their favor. They have, they're on an island. And so that's in their favor. But it is literally, they just shut things down. And they have, um, we have more deaths in a day than they've ever had, I, I believe, in New Zealand. Australia, similarly, and that's a big island. So um, it, Australia and New Zealand are proof positive that uh, this thing gets transmitted by people who are not doing social distancing, who are not wearing masks. Those things are now, there's no doubt any longer that those things work. So that's what they did in Australia and New Zealand, much to their um, benefit. They're back to normal, pretty much, in those countries. Will we get there? No. Now, it's not just simply our masking behaviors, although our masking, our social distance behaviors are pretty rough here. We need to keep doing those. I just can't emphasize that enough. But we're not just a small island. We're a large country, which much more movement, much just larger. So it's very, very complicated. But the message is do what Australia and New Zealand did to the degree you can. Mask up, wear a tight-fitting mask, do social distancing. If we, if we don't let our guard down, we too will get to lesser cases, although I doubt we'll ever get to the levels of New Zealand. All right, we're going to go to, back to the phone lines. Bill is on the line from Blaine. What's your question, Bill? Uh, good morning, Dr. Hilton. Yes, I'm a former competitive runner, now a very fast walker, and with these extremely cold temperatures i'm still out there with layered clothing still out there walking my question is is there undue stress put on the heart with uh with uh, below zero temperatures it's a great question and no not really um i've always been a relatively slow runner and i was you know you can run in the cold just if you get sweaty and you um you can get chilled that's the problem with running and, and exercising in the cold but your heart in general is going to do okay so i would i wouldn't worry so much about your heart i would get out there and exercise and just make sure you do it with plenty of layers and no exposed skin doc i love how bill com- combined the heart valentine's day with the cold on this it valentine's perfect. very yeah. perfect yeah. mary is on the line from lakeland good morning mary good morning uh, my husband is 80 years old he was just diagnosed with continual AFib, and he was advised to see a doctor at Regents to have an ablation procedure. Can you explain that and the pros and cons of it and any other alternatives he could possibly do? Yeah, like like the previous caller, um, except atrial fibrillation is an irregular heartbeat, but unlike the previous caller who was getting it occasionally, a condition called paroxysmal atrial fibrillation, your husband has persistent or all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And so sometimes that can be bothersome. You can get short of breath or you can have a palpitations in your heart. And so we want to do something about that. An ablation is a procedure where they use radio frequency waves to try to scar the heart tissue into not doing it anymore. The, the, the pros of doing it is that you might be able to permanently get rid of the atrial fibrillation. Another, um, uh, that, the, another pro is that you wouldn't have to take medications as likely. The cons are many, though. The cons are that it doesn't work all that often. It works better than it doesn't, so it's, it's, it's not unsafe, and it can work, but it doesn't always work. Atrial fibrillation is a difficult one to treat with ablation. So the cons are that it just might not work, and so you might put yourself through a fairly significant procedure. I would... I would um, I would always think twice about an ablation just because I'm not all that impressed with it. But it is a legitimate, valid treatment. It's a safe, valid treatment. But I would just, if, you're, if his symptoms aren't so bad, um, 
maybe you can control it with just medications. If the symptoms are quite bad, then maybe go through with the ablation. Well, we have so many texts to get to, and we'll do that when we get back. You're listening to Open Phones on WCCO Radio. Dr. Hilden, Rashidi Rajkumar. Phone and text lines are open, 651-989-9226. More with Dr. Hilden and Healthy Matters when we return. Five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Dr. Hilden and Rashini Rajkumar back with you on this Valentine's edition of our open phone show on Healthy Matters. All right, Dr. Marilyn sent in this question about ibuprofen and what, you know what, and, and I don't have that in front of me, but we've gotten a bunch of questions about ibuprofen, so I think you know the question and you could answer that one. I do. A lot of people are asking, and thank you, Marilyn, for sending that question in about, can you get ibu- take ibuprofen after the vaccine? The, answer, the short answer is yes, but we don't recommend you routinely take anything around the vaccine. Don't take anything before your vaccine in an effort to prevent symptoms, and don't take anything afterwards if you don't have to. If you can tolerate a headache and a sore arm and a little achiness, just lie in your bed and on your couch and watch TV, and, and it'll go away in a day or two. If, if it's really bad, you can take an acetaminophen or an ibuprofen after getting uh, the vaccine, and it can help those symptoms. It isn't going to – there's no um, recommendation against doing that. So it's okay to do it if you have to. All right, Doc, let's give some love to some of these textures, and then we'll get back to the phone lines. This listener says, does legal marijuana use have any effect on Lipitor? Not that I'm aware of, but, um, again, I don't have tons of knowledge about that. But there are very few known – uh, uh, interactions with cannabis and other medications. More of that will come out. Um, there might be something there, so don't take that one to the bank, but I'm not aware of any. This person has an annoying pulse in their ear. The ear test was good. Should they be concerned? If you're having a pulsating sensation in just one ear, not the other, just one, that is something that might represent a little vascular problem, a blood vessel problem. So yes, go see an ear, nose, throat specialist for that. If you're having just sort of a tinnitus, a buzzing, ringing, or pulsing in both ears, then do go see an audiologist and they can help you out with it. That's a little less concerning. But if it's in one ear only, definitely go have that looked at. All right. Lee has this question. He's in Texas right now. He can get a shot there on February 18th. Will he have a problem getting shot number two back in Minnesota? Boy, the, the, the state lines thing is interesting. Should you go to another state to get it? And generally, you're supposed to get it in the state where you spend most of your time. I don't think you will have a problem getting it in Minnesota, but um, we're doing all the vaccines in pairs. Your first and second dose should be the same vaccine at the right time and probably from the same provider. But if you do get your first one in Texas, just make sure that when you come back to Minnesota, you get the second one. It's the same vaccine you got in Texas. That's my only thing I would tell you to make sure you do. All right. This listener says, I'm scheduled to take the COVID vaccine on Tuesday. However, got a cold on Friday. Can I still get that vaccine? That's not a problem at all. Um, You can go ahead and get the vaccine if you have a cold. All right. Multiple questions coming in, so I'm going to combine them about this duration, like between the first and the second. They're hearing mixed reviews on that kind of timeline. 
Yeah, um, the the study, the best thing to do is if you got the Pfizer-BioNTech um, vaccine, that you get it 21 days later. And if you got the Moderna one, get your second one 28 days later. And if you get the Johnson & Johnson one, you don't need a second dose. And, uh, and so that's the best. Don't do it early, but you can do it later. And there is some suggestion, and there's a lot of opinion, that since the first dose gives some protection, why don't we just wait on the second one so we can give more doses to people? That's more of a, uh, a policy and administration and public health discussion. But from the health perspective, your own personal health, get it as close as you can to 21 or 28 days or after that. It's probably fine to get it four or five, six, seven, eight weeks later. Just get that second one, not too early. All right, a couple is the one thing that we do know. Doctor, a couple heart questions. For people who have had heart issues, is there any advantage to taking a Q10 supplement? That that was a real darling for a while there, that it was helpful for your um, cholesterol. There's no proof that the coenzyme Q10 does much, but it prob- it does something, and it probably does something beneficial to your cholesterol. It, if you really, really, really want to take something to just do everything you possibly can, okay. It's probably it's not going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your wallet, but it's probably not going to hurt you. We just don't have solid evidence that it does a whole lot. Please define a heart murmur. Do they always result in CHF? Uh, this listener says they're told they have one when lying down, but not when sitting up. Yeah, heart murmur is an extra heart sound. As I was doing heart sounds earlier in the show, that la dump, la dump, lump dump. A heart murmur is like turbulence. It's like foom dump, foom dump, foom dump. There is extra turbulence across your heart valves. It can be a benign, not worrisome condition. It also can mean that your heart valves are going bad. They're leaky or they're not opening up. And our circulatory system is a one-way street. It only goes one direction. If the valves are leaking, the blood goes backwards and it can leak into your lungs and you can't breathe and that's heart failure. So if you're not sure about what your heart murmur means, definitely see your doctor, see your cardiologist. You can get tests to figure out if it's something you should worry about or not. And along those lines, doctor, is there such a thing as a broken heart? There is. There is a, there's an actual medical condition called uh, um, uh, Takosubo's cardiomyopathy, otherwise known as the broken heart syndrome. It is where you're, you're a person literally goes into heart failure after severe emotional stress or, or sadness. It's a real thing. All right. This person says, can <laughs> this, I think they're being funny with me. So I'm going to go to a different question. What is hives? What can I do for it? Hives is a, is a generally an allergic type of reaction. It's not always allergic, but they're little bumps. They're called wheels. W-H-E-A-L. Not like on your car. W-H-E-A-L. Wheels. And they're little raised things that itch like crazy. And they come and go, usually as a response to heat or drugs or foods that you're allergic to. Um, so that is what hives are. They can itch like heck. Um, if you're getting them, you're allergic to something probably. And so go see an allergist and they can prescribe antihistamines or shots or they can figure out what you're allergic to. All right. I'm going to share the funny text. Can my husband get a heart exchange so he remembers Valentine's Day? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you might be lower on the list for heart transplant. <laughs> if it's just <laughs> if, 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 if you're it's because your spouse wants you to have a little bit more uh 
uh, a little bit more attention to Valentine's Day. Um, but uh, uh, you, could, you could call your cardiologist, see if you can get on the list. Yeah, that may be one of my faves so far. That's this person one. says, in all caps, thanks for everything you and your HCMC team do. I look forward to getting my vaccination there tomorrow. I think that's fabulous. Awesome. Thanks for that text. I appreciate it. And here's an important one. Does getting the vaccine affect my lymph nodes to hold off getting a mammogram? Uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. Some people, very few, it's not common, get a little lump in your armpit after the vaccine. That is a lymph node that is doing its job, and it can be tender, and it can last a week or two or three. So don't be surprised if you get that, although that's not common. Um, so uh, go ahead, get your mammogram. Go ahead, get your vaccine. All right, so real quickly, I'm giving a little sneak peek to your Healthy Matters listeners. Dr. Hilden is going to be my surprise guest on Real Talk with Rashini at about 9.18. So we're going to get into some more questions with him uh, then. So I, we hope you listen for him. And next week, we have a cardiologist on. So more heart questions, right, Doc? Indeed, we do. We're going to have Dr. Michelle Carlson next week. Dr. Carlson's a repeat guest on the show. She is an expert in your heart. Um, and uh, she's a Hennepin uh, cardiologist who has graciously agreed to come on and talk about heart health for men and women on our show next week. It's part of February's Heart Month. All right. And then real quickly, for there's so many COVID questions that came in. Just some quick one-two tips on if people are getting their vaccines, what should they be looking for right now? So get your vaccine when, you're, when your turn is up. Don't hesitate. You protect yourself. You protect your family. You protect your community. You'll get a little sore arm. You might get a headache. You might get fatigued. You might get a little fever. Those are normal. Go ahead. Get that shot and protect your family and protect yourself. And, of course, during the week, you can connect with Dr. Hilden and me on Twitter at drdavidhilden at Rashini R. Send us your questions. We will be back with Healthy Matters same time next week, 7 to 8 a.m. And again, he's my surprise guest today at 918. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.